Welcome to the Family Rules podcast, where we discuss family, relationships, marriage, parenting, and everything we've learned through the years. And how to get through it all. It's me, TJ Jackson, and with me is my wife, Frances Jackson. Hello, everyone. And we are going to do, we're going to talk about racism and how to talk to your kids about it. Yes, because... Which is not an easy thing to do. No, but it's an important thing to do. Yeah. So the goal for this episode is to make the whole process not only easier, but a lot more effective. You ready to do this, Fran? I am ready. Okay, so the first thing we have to know is you have to understand what your child knows first. Yes. Gauge their knowledge first. How do you gauge their knowledge? Well, I think you start by their age. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to speak to a three-year-old differently than you would speak to a 12-year-old. But how do you understand what they know first? I think you need to ask them questions. And what I'm going to add to that is this is the perfect time for anyone who's listening to it as soon as this came out, which is June of 2020. You know about the George Floyd murder and the protests, the Black Lives Matter movement that is picking up steam around the world. Happening today. So now is a golden opportunity to discuss it because there's a very strong chance your child is hearing it from friends. I was going to say at school, but still at school, whether it's a Zoom meeting, because we are still coming right after COVID-19 and the quarantine. Didi's discussed it a bit in her Zoom meetings. So it's around them. And this is a golden opportunity to to kind of open up that 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 table for them to discuss, because they probably have a lot of questions and kind of like when we when we're talking about sex and things like that. If we don't give them the answers, our kids are going to try to find the answers themselves. And we can't rely on society. Exactly. And especially the internet to do that for us. You don't want someone else or them finding out somewhere else. Right. You don't want someone else to dictate the conversation and the information that they receive. I'm going to add that racism and when there's ever there's racial tension, it disrupts hopefully everyone's flow. It disrupts mine as a black man. And I'm going to assume it, it disrupts everyone. White I think people, so. yes. it disrupt, it, it, there's something that shakes your core because you like to believe that you yourself are a good, loving people person who loves everyone, and the world is a beautiful place. We all love it's a small world after all. The Disney ride, absolutely. Everyone, I've never seen someone get off that ride and ride and, and be upset. Even racist people seem to enjoy that ride. So I feel deep down inside there is a love for all. And when that is not showcased, I feel it disrupts the flow. And the point I'm trying to make is when flow is disrupted, we often turn to people who we trust the most to get through those times. Yes. And I think it's another golden opportunity for a parent to establish a very strong bond and a a very strong line of communication with their child that you can come to me and discuss these things. I've seen on TikTok, there's been some really depressing content that has come out where young girls, young white girls are fighting with their parents about race. Trying to explain to them 
you know, how uncomfortable it makes them. It's, it's actually really great to see though, because I truly believe that the younger generation, they're the ones who are going to be, they're going to be the change. Yes. They're not going to tolerate it. It's sad to me because they cannot, at least appears for many of them, they cannot go to their parents to discuss this. So don't be afraid to establish that conversation now and challenge yourself to do it now. It's one of those conversations that we don't want to bring up. We dread it, yes. We dread it, but it's something that's very important. You know, and a lot of people are, the questions are, you know, how old, when should I start? How should I do it? I personally think that it starts from when they're a baby. I remember buying the kids baby dolls of color and different races. I think it really starts there and books, reading them nighttime stories at a young age so they can, you know, it really does. It starts in the home. Yes. And I think it starts pretty young. So is there an age you think is too young? You know. I don't. I think, you know, Rio's five. I think we could start talking to him about loving everyone. There's there's certain ways. You don't have to tell him details of what's happening, Mm -hmm. but you can use these moments as a reminder to to tell your child to love all and not be disrespectful of anyone and you know that we're all the same yeah i think it starts with um teaching your kids not to judge others Mm -hmm. whether it's race religion doesn't matter teaching them compassion and love for others it really does start there because if you if you teach them that when they hear racism or feel it, it, it's going to feel foreign to them. It's not going to feel good to them. And again, the whole purpose of bringing all this up is to understand what your child knows because we cannot really uh, help them get through these difficult conversations and difficult moments without us understanding what they know. Another big step, another big rule is to be respectful of what they can handle. You know, they are kids, so we we have to... No one wants to hear about race and issues. No one wants to hear about racism, but it it, it occurs. And it not only occurs in the States, but it occurs around the world. It not only occurs white against black, it occurs for other nationalities and other races. So it's one of those things like loss, we have to learn how to deal with. And we have to take this opportunity to do it. But we have to be respectful of how much they can handle. Yes, uh, the, you know, that is so true. We got to remember when we give bad news to anyone, it's tough. They can they could spiral down to a depressive state. It can really affect their life. And with children, even more so, we have to be direct but delicate and not overbearing with how much we're talking about it. It's kind of like someone watching the news when the pandemic, one of the things... We advised on the Power of Love show, uh, which is a show my brothers and I do for the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. But we talked about how you have to limit how much of the news you're going to watch because it can make you depressed and isolated and lonely and, and sad. And that's not the goal when we talk about racism to our kids. Even this morning, I, I didn't even watch the news as I normally do every morning. Today, yeah, I just... she does. I know. <laughs> Today, I, I took a break. <laughs> Because it does, it gets deep into your soul. And imagine what that does to a child. Exactly. Okay, number three, let's let's keep it moving. We have to encourage questions. A lot of times 
depends on the, your child. Some children love to ask questions. Some children are inquisitive. Some are quite quiet. Some keep things to themselves and don't, you know, don't know how to articulate how they think. So you know your child. Be patient and, and really try to encourage them to ask questions. And even if you have to ask a couple questions for them, are you thinking this? And if they want to correct you, let them correct you. Don't, don't tell them, no, I think you meant this. Don't do that. Let, let your child articulate and get it out. Like we've learned on the Power of Love show about the importance of, of talking about loss. You have to let the person talk and express themselves. So encourage questions. And again, that will help you understand what they know. But encourage questions so that you can have a, a proper conversation and understand what level they're at and how to help them understand what racism is. And as parents, I think it's important that we, we have to remember that we're their first role model. We have to be intentional with our actions and our words because that's where they're going to learn it first. Talking about being role models, we have to be transparent with our own emotions and feelings. That's another tip. Be transparent with how you feel and your emotions. If you are crying or tearing up, let it happen. Let them know. Don't don't feel you have to restrict it and be the strong person to be able to discuss this topic. Let them know it hurts. Don't try to hide how you feel. If it's going to make you angry, that's the only step I'd, I'd advise you to just watch out on. You don't want to throw things. You don't want to use... Ever. You don't want to never want to do that. <laughs> terrible language. You want to stay in control of yourself, but don't be afraid to let your emotions and feelings show through. Another tip, another rule is be hopeful and upbeat about the future. I think this is a huge one. It can be daunting if you think about it, honey. Look, how many years have we... Yes, but in the kids' eyes, this is their first introduction to it. True. And you have to be hopeful because, as I said... I feel the change is going to happen with our youth. and It's if, definitely going to. If we encourage our kids to be proactive in their own way, it's going to help. Whether they're at school, whether they're at eventually college or, or their job, when they hear something, they'll be more propelled to act, which will help curb and end racism. Yes. So be hopeful. Let them know we're making progress. Let them know one day... I believe racism will be a thing of the past. Uh, it's going to take a, a long time. It's something that I don't personally think I'll see in my lifetime, but maybe in my kids or my grandkids, they will. And that's something to look forward to. Another important step rule is to teach our children how to handle racist moments if they ever come across it. And saying that, we also have to exemplify and, and be a proper role model as well. Absolutely. But we have to teach our kids because although it's something we don't want to happen to them or want them to have to experience, especially if you're a minority, it's something that is most likely going to happen. We have to teach our kids how to handle it. It's And like you said, it's very much like bullying where... It's the problem of the other person. Yes. It's, it's not, we have to teach our kids that, that if you ever get bullied or if you ever get, you know, called racist slur or racist names or any type of names, it's an issue with that other person. I genuinely believe that all nationalities, all people are beautiful. I want to go back to Disney's It's a Small World because 
there's not one moment on that ride that to me that isn't beautiful Mm -hmm. and it goes through all the different nationalities and countries and everything is just beautiful so i i believe i subscribe to that mentality and i i believe in that and and i i feel we have to make sure we're doing our part to to try to move that and remind people that everyone is beautiful and it starts at home absolutely the last thing you can do to help your child prepare them for racism and and help them understand what it is is to introduce them to a variety of ways to be active whether that's protesting whether that's going to museums. Museums are great. There's a lot of great ones all around the world, but here in the States, there's wonderful ones. We went to, in L.A., Museum of Tolerance. Yes. In Memphis, the National Civil Rights Museum. We went to, I think it was a World War II one in Georgia. New Orleans. Was it? I don't know. But there's so many that you can go to. And again, it's another great option to bond with your family. Exactly, honey. And don't forget, there's movies and documentaries as well. Yes. Like, I feel like Joe, our, our nine-year-old, would be more willing to talk about it. She would want to discuss it. Dee Dee, on the other hand, she would do better with probably a movie or documentary. In her eyes, she's just like, well, I would never be that way. So, but, you know, we have to teach her that it is out there. Yeah. It and, is a real thing. And here's the thing. I not only think you have to tell them, I think you have to, when they get to the 14, 15 age, you have to be direct and you have to be specific. And I've made my my issues with the educational system known. I have a problem that in the American school system, we just glaze over it, usually in February because it's Black History Month is the time we start talking about it. But we talk about what? Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. I mean, there is... And by the time endless. we're done with that, it's the, the month's over. Yes. And we're back on to how great our, our history has been. And that was we, an issue when I was in school, how they actually had a protest where I was from about why why is it the shortest month of the year? Well, and then here's the thing. Some people will make the argument, well, at least there's a month that's dedicated. Which you is... Know. A horrible way of thinking. I, I, and he, he, this is, I'd rather trade in that month and get a whole year of learning about the history. I, I would. Absolutely. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of like affirmative action. People think it's equal now. It's even, it's like you, you take a, a cookie and give a crumb and say, well, no matter what, you're going to get a crumb. Let's just, that's off the table, no matter what. But while we separate this cookie, I'm going to get the first five bites. But (laughs) but don't be mad because no matter what, you're going to get a crumb at the end. Oh, I'm getting my cookie. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just think, I don't know where we got there, but I just think it's important to to be real with your child because if you don't, it's kind of like loss. Again, if you don't, eventually in their lifetime, there's a good chance where a George Floyd situation will happen, which will make them start thinking and wanting them to understand more. And it's going to put them in a bit of a tailspin. And I'll be honest, I'm going through that right now. I'm learning a lot about my history that I didn't know the details of. I'm sure my family told me many times. They told me many stories. So I knew about racism. But when you dive in to hear the specifics and how devastating it could be for your people, again, whether it's black, Hispanic, Native American, it's something you owe your child. Because when they learn it, it's going to hit them no matter what the age is. So I truly feel that, again, I feel the school system should be doing a better job with not only black history, 
But Native American history, we need to do a year also from the oppressed perspective. I think everyone will have a better understanding. I agree. Here's another reason why I feel it has to be in our schools, because when kids can talk about it and learn about it, there's a higher likely chance that they're going to be empathetic and not want it to happen again. And I'm telling you, a lot of kids have no clue, no clue on what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. So so when things like this happen, people think, geez, everyone's overreacting. Yeah. I mean, in the 80s, when I, I was in sixth grade and I, my history teacher, who was black, told us. Is this the one you had a crush on? He was kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even oh, going to say his goodness. name. Anyway, the one we have to hear all the he time. recommended us <laughs> going home and watching, I think it was a three-part series called Roots. And that changed my life. Yes. Didn't we talk about this on the last one? I don't know, but it, I don't know. So keep going. <laughs> Down came whose posters and up went whose? Down came the posters of? Of? Kurt Cameron? Yeah, it was Kurt Cameron. And then I went out. I, I can't even remember what the... I love growing paints. Yes. And I think it was probably like New Edition and all that it kind of stuff. It was New Edition, Jodeci, all those. Yeah, I'll be sure. All those... Uh, Keith Sweat, our R&B artist, and I put up, I was probably 13 and started hanging up, you know, black people on my wall after I saw Roots because it was like, what? I had no idea and I loved the culture. But before that, I had many black friends. I mean, I grew up with them. That's, that's who I felt most comfortable around. Mm. And I actually was walking home with a friend one day and her name was Winfred and three white boys came out of the house. They were probably, we were in sixth, seventh grade and they were probably 16, 17. And they started calling her the N word and literally beat her up mm. right in front of me. And that's when I, I mean, I've experienced the N word before because like I said, I had many black friends, but that was, that put a lot of anger in my heart. And that, and that's the story where Downey went back and yeah. And beat them up. Oh, he did. Okay. So we're we're not advising that. No, we're not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that's another thing because you are someone who's not black, but that racism affected you. I mean, I I was called burrito, taco, beaner, all that through school, being Hispanic. And how did you handle it? I mean, sometimes we would fight and sometimes it was just like, shut up and leave me alone. I didn't care. But if they kept going, then I had to protect myself. And this is why it needs to be discussed in school. Because yes. if it was discussed from the oppressed side, there, the sympathy, empathy, and compassion level would be raised for those who were bullying. And that is why I will continue to argue for it to be in school. I'm not a politician, so I don't have the power. But maybe if the topic comes out comes up at a at a local board meeting at your your school district and you happen to be there and they ask how can we make school better maybe mention it bring it up because that's something that i feel has to become part of our system for us to really move forward i I think it starts with understanding the other side you have to understand and that starts with educating there was a quote you had but before we get to your quote because we do like to end the family rules podcast with a quote to help you chew on everything and help you go away uh, thinking, because I love quotes. Do you, you love do quotes? love quotes. I love quotes. But there's one by Desmond Tutu, who's a South African. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if his last name's pronounced Tutu, but that's the way it's written, okay? Okay. T-U-T-U. But he said, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. That's insightful, honey. Yeah. And then you wanted to share one, so go ahead. Mine for today is to bring about change, you must not be afraid to take the first step. We will fail when we fail to try. That quote is from Rosa Parks. Well, there you go. Two quotes from two great activists. And we've hoped you learned something on this episode of the Family Rules Podcast. Again, we discussed seven. Well, we actually went a little bit higher. I think we did eight. But we talked about the very different ways you can talk to your kids about racism. And we encourage you all to use this time right now in June 2020. And really, there's no bad time. But especially when times like this are happening, our kids are hearing it. So use this time to discuss it. And that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining. And make sure you subscribe. And remember... Love Love is is the the answer. answer.